0: That was officially the best intro that I've ever had.
1: <laughs> I'm going to keep that and I'll, I'll tag that on at the end. Welcome back to another episode of the Making Magic podcast. I'm Sean Jay, your host, and I'm a professional magician, speaker, and 3D designer. And this is all about inspiring interviews with the movers, the shakers, the visionaries, and the makers, the wizards behind the curtain that make the magic for you. Now, if this is your first time tuning into the show, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to watch this stuff really does mean a lot to me because this is a labor of love and a project of passion. So if you haven't already, feel free to click that red subscribe button down below. Go ahead. I'll give you a second. Have you done it? Yes, I think you have. Give this video a thumbs up. Turn on the notifications to stay up to date when I release the next episode. Perhaps you're already a subscriber, and if you are, if you've been following me, along this journey, I do certainly appreciate that because that is exactly what motivates me to continue doing these and continue to bring you these educational, entertaining, and inspiring interviews with just the best of the best in their own industry. So perhaps you're also listening to the sound of my voice on an app like Spotify or just recently got listed on an app, the Apple Podcast app, the purple app that you find on your phone, your watch, or your iPad. Yes, you can find the show there. Just type in Making Magic with Sean Jay, S-H-A-U-N-J-A-Y, and you'll find the show. Or you could just type in my name, spelled that way, and you'll find the show. And hopefully, after listening, you'll decide to give this show a healthy five-star review. I always enjoy seeing your feedback and reading your comments. So with all that being said, let's learn a little bit more about our next guest. We're about to make history with the world's shortest episode of the Making Magic Podcast. For those of you who just want a little quick sneak peek of what my show is all about, well, today is your lucky day. My next guest is very good with his time management skills and he's really busy. He's not a performing magician or a prop maker as you have seen or heard on previous episodes, but he's, uh, let's just say, a very well versed cutting-edge entrepreneur himself. His name is John Lee Dumas and he's the host of an award-winning podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire, where he interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. They're really successful. With over 2,500 episodes under his belt and over a million listens per month and seven figures of annual revenue with his business, JLD is just getting started. So please welcome my friend, and one of my inspirations for making this podcast, the one and only JLD John Lee Dumas. Check it out. Hey, JLD, welcome to Making Magic. Thanks for being here.
0: I'm fired up, brother, cannot wait.
1: You are fired up? Well, I am actually just as fired up because I actually have your name right here because you are my next guest on fire. (laughs) How's that to kick it off?
0: Man, nothing better. I had no idea you were going to do that, so I think it was pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Expect the unexpected. So I'd like to kick off this interview by uh, having you share with us a little bit about the very first thing that you created. Now, my podcast is all about innovation, creativity, adaptation. So I know you're not a prop maker or a performing magician, per se, but you do magic in your own way. So uh, as an entrepreneur, what would be the first thing that you created?
0: The first thing that I ever created that I'm thinking about right now, going as far back as I possibly can, would be an eight-line poem. I did that in the first grade, and I remember looking down at that creation and saying, this is something special. I really loved it.
1: Okay, okay. And, and if we were to take that further down the road into your business, uh, what, was, what was the first business that you ever created?
0: My first business, my very first stab in the entrepreneurial world was this podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And okay. I've had plenty of failures, by the way, since I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire. But the first swing of the bat with this business was a grand slam
1: was a grand slam. Well, you, you got lucked out because, I mean, most people, they start something, and it's ne- not usually a grand slam. I mean, in my world, making props and make, creating routines, mm-hmm. generally it takes four, five, six, sometimes even ten different iterations,
0: really?
1: prototypes. But uh, you're a special guy, so uh, you, you lucked out with EO Fire, I think.
0: Lucked out, for sure. And like I said, i failed a lot since then. But the first entrepreneurial venture, a success.
1: What about the biggest, what would you say would be the biggest DIY fail of all time? Something that you did that was directly associated with your business and you would consider it a fail, but, but I know you think about fails a lot differently than most people do.
0: It was an absolute fail. It was called Pod Platform. I was convinced the world needed a all-in-one podcasting platform where I would take your MP3, so your audio recording, I would edit it, so I would add intros and outros, sponsorships, I would do everything that is needed as far as hosting it on a platform and all of that for one low monthly cost. I thought it was a no brainer and it absolutely flopped. I had two people sign up. One person um, asked for a refund within 24 hours. Oh man. That individual wow. was late there, you know, asking the most ridiculous things of it. And it was very much so a failure. And it was one of the first things that I did to try to monetize my show. So it was mm-hmm. very disappointing.
1: Okay, okay. What did you learn from that, and how did you adapt based on that failure? I learned
0: that people will tell you what they think you want to hear. So, I was asking everybody, do you want this? Like, do you, do you need this? And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. That's a great service. I would love that. But that's all they said was with their words, yes. And I went forward based off of mm. their words. But then when I launched... They said, oh, well, yeah, like I was meaning that that would be awesome for other people. Like I'm all set. Like I don't need that specific service. So I always learn from that. And I've always done going forward is I've made people vote with their wallet. I'm like, oh, you really want this thing? How about you pay 50% down now and you'll get a discount when the thing actually goes live. And that will actually prove the concept because until people prove it with their wallet and vote with their wallets, you're not really proving the concept, you know? And it's one of those things where I learned my lesson the hard way, but I have since always applied that lesson. I think
1: that's a great lesson and it's easy, it's very easy for anybody to say, oh yeah, sure, it's fine, just to, just to be a yes man or a yes woman, just to, just to you know, get the other person to stop asking them, right? But when it comes down to brass tacks, right, it, that'll tell whether somebody really wants that thing or that service yeah. or whatever. They're willing to put the deposit on it. I mean, that's how I do it with my bookings. People, people book me for a show, or people book me for an event, or even when I'm uh, making props and things like what I use back here. 50% deposit. Outside of that, it's I don't consider really anything to be secure. No. So good, good there. What about anything that you created by accident that just happened? Uh, this could be perhaps another facet of your EO Fire business, because I know that's kind of like your main hustle right now. Anything that you created by accident that turned out to be absolutely amazing and incredibly successful? Perhaps an off branch.
0: One thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is, I remember just having a conversation with somebody in my audience and you know just kind of asking them the general questions like, what do they like about the show? What didn't they like? And the person made the comment kind of offhandedly, like, I just... I feel like every single one of your audience, of your guests, um, as an audience member, I feel like every single one of your guests has a goal and accomplishes that goal. But I don't even know how to set a goal. I don't even know what it means to take the next step after I set a goal to potentially accomplish a goal. And I'm like, wait a second, like, tell me more about that. And they kind of talked through this process about how they were very intimidated about setting goals because they didn't know how to set a proper goal. And even more intimidated about going through the process of accomplishing a goal. So they just weren't doing it because they didn't know how. And because they were frankly not convinced that they could ever accomplish the goal if they set one. And I remember like just taking that comment and then having a couple more like similar conversations with other guests of mine, just being like, hey, by the way, before I let you go, like what are your thoughts on goals? Like a lot of my guests you know talk about how they set and accomplish goals. How do you feel about that? Like oh that's intimidating, that's scary. I wouldn't I wouldn't know where to start. And I said, "Well, what if I created a step-by-step guide that would teach you how to set a goal the correct way and then how to accomplish that goal in a meaningful time frame?" And they said, "That sounds interesting." And so I was like, "Okay, I'm not I'm learning my lesson from the last time. And so I launched that idea on Kickstarter, which was the Freedom Journal, a, how to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. And so before I spent any money on the product or the service, whatever it was going to be, I had that Kickstarter campaign to prove the concept. And I did, you know, have a little mock up made up, which didn't cost very much of like what the journal would look like and that it'd be faux leather and, and it would do these things. And then I let my audience you know, basically prove the concept to me. And in 33 days, that journal did $453,000 in sales, becoming the sixth most funded publishing campaign of all time on Kickstarter and proved the concept, which I then went and produced the journal. And now I've sold well over a million dollars worth of journals over the years.
1: Hmm, so, so the origin of this was accidental per se, It's meaning it wasn't something that was originally you planned out, it's just you were listening to your audience, and that was kind of a recurring thing.
0: Purely accidental.
1: And you decided to fill that gap, fill that need, and by, yeah, it, that's the importance of listening to your audience, because if you don't listen, I mean, it's, it's true in any facet of business. Sometimes lots of times businesses are unsuccessful because they're they, they think they know what's successful and they're on autopilot doing their own thing completely ignoring their audience. And oftentimes the audience is saying, "Hey, yo, I'm over here. What about this? What about that? Or you're doing it all wrong." And if you look and listen, it's like, "Hey, maybe maybe they're right sometimes." And you get a little gold in there. You take it and run with that idea, which you did. So, congrats on that, which kind of leads me into my next question, which is tell me something that you have recently made. What have you magically made appear as an entrepreneur? I'm sure many things, but I know you've got something very recent.
0: (laughs) Well, out of thin air, I recently made appear a culmination of the 3,000 interviews that I've done over the past decade, where I've again, interviewed these amazing entrepreneurs for 10 years, learning their successes, their failures, what made them tick, what made them successful. Mm -hmm. And I created out of thin air book called The Common Path to Uncommon Success. It is 71,000 words, 273 pages. And where this did not exist before, now I'm holding it in my hands. And it is my best work ever. And it is the best business book ever. And the reason why I can say that so genuinely is because it's not my genius. It's not my brain that I created this book. It is the genius of over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs comprised down into a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. So if that sounds interesting to you, that book is interesting for you.
1: Wow. Well, that's it's put you in a very good position to be interviewing these people and collecting this this wisdom. I mean you've had guests like Tony Robbins and and many other successful entrepreneurs. And it's nice to be able I mean it not not only is it good for you, but it, it just helps helps the rest of the world. It's it's just kind of all it's a win-win for everybody. It all feeds on itself and it's like this self fulfilling prophecy. I mean if you didn't do any if you didn't make a book after all that time, I think it would have been would have been a waste, you know, it wouldn't have Right, it wouldn't have um, made as much of a dent and impact on society as it could have had,
0: mm,
1: and and uh, it's what you said kind of reminds me of the the, f- the funny saying in show business: it takes ten years to become an overnight success. So this book of yours here is your ten-year overnight success project, right? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, definitely, guys, check out the book, the uh, the path to uncommon success. Is that Did I get it correct?
0: The Common Path
1: The common path to Uncommon Success. Excellent, excellent book. And uh, last but not least, before you vanish, because I know you're a busy guy and I don't want to waste your time, where can my viewers and listeners learn more about the magical entrepreneur, John Lee Dumas?
0: We have a great podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire with over 3,000 guests. And my headquarters is eofire.com, where you can find out... A lot of great stuff and free resources and courses and trainings for entrepreneurs, eofire.com.
1: eofire.com. You guys heard it here. If you hadn't heard it already or if you hadn't been inspired by his show like I have, several years ago, I started listening to EO Fire and was hooked. And it's quite the, quite the show that has a very clear goal and agenda in mind. It's interviewing the best, most successful entrepreneurs that are currently on fire and you've got it down to a science. You've con- made those questions really concise and you really bring out the best in each guest. So uh, hopefully today I was able to, with the limited time that I have, was able to bring out some highlights from JLD, your career and what you do and how you make magic and impact the world. And I wanna thank you so much for taking the time to be here and speak with my listeners and viewers. And uh, Thank you so much again. You guys have been watching and listening to another episode of the Making Magic podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. It was inspiring, entertaining, and educational all at the same time. And if you haven't already, click that red subscribe button down below. You know what to do. Give this video a thumbs up, turn on those notifications, stay up to date when I release the next interview. Perhaps you're just listening to the sound of our voices on an app like Spotify, or remember, you can find us all also on the Apple Podcast app, the Purple app, Google Podcast, and a host of other podcast platforms. You can listen to the show. Remember to leave us a review, five stars, I hope, if you've enjoyed and if you've learned something in the podcast app, and hopefully we'll see you again on another episode of the Making Magic podcast. I'm Sean Jay, your host, and we'll see you guys in the next one.